2: Good afternoon, Bay Area. Bob Bergman here, broadcasting from my office in the Cambrian Park area of San Jose. I am uh, getting better and better every week. Um, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you may have heard I, I had a stroke a couple months ago, and it is uh, impairing some of the use of my left hand for typing, and but I'm able to get around just fine. I'm able to drive and continue practicing law getting better and better every day, Uh, probably like three steps forward, one step back, but still moving forward. So those of you out there who've had a stroke before, um, this was a mild stroke, but it was not mild for me. I'd never had anything like this before. But if you've had this, you know kind of what I'm dealing with and working to overcome. But um, I plan on being back stronger than ever Uh, within two or three months. So um, I hope you all uh, will pray for me out there that I get better and improve as uh, time goes by so I can continue doing this show and continue practicing law, doing estate planning here in San Jose. I am taking calls today, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. And I'd be happy to talk with you on the air if you have any question. Uh, I'm going to follow my usual format today and uh, go with questions and comments from around the state of California. I have a big stack of them here, and I don't know how many I'll get through, but I'm going to dive right in. So here we go. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm the decision maker for my dad who died two weeks ago. My sisters checked my father out of Kaiser without my knowledge. And then my sisters called me and told me my dad died. I'd been taking care of my dad for 10 years. My siblings hate me. And uh, claiming that uh, my, my grandmother signed a living trust at 99 years of age. Uh, they won't show me the trust or an accounting, and I'm the caretaker for my grandmother. I need answers for help to get my grandmother the care she deserves. She's now 102 years old. Wow, this person has a lot of stuff to deal with here. I'm not sure that there's a question in there anywhere, but it sounds like it's a it's a possibility that the sisters... Um, have acted inappropriately with the grandmother. There might be some elder financial abuse there if they induced her to sign a living trust at 99 years of age and won't show anything to this person here. Sounds like maybe they're trying to uh, confiscate everything for themselves when the grandmother passes away. And uh, they also apparently took their own father away and hid him away so he couldn't have any contact with his this other child this is the kind of thing where i might very well contact the um adult protective services in, in the district attorney's office in this case it's in san mateo county and talk with them about it see if they have an issue with it or if they might want to do an investigation of all the circumstances surrounding this trust apparently was signed by the 99-year-old grandmother. Okay. Here's someone who is the trustee of his mother's trust. Um, the mother just passed away. Says, I'm first in line and my brother's second in line. I don't want to be the trustee. What do I need to sign to remove myself as a trustee of a trust? Well, first of all, you haven't taken over as the trustee yet uh likely haven't at least if your mother just died uh what you can do is you can write up something that says you decline to serve as the trustee uh use and then have in there it also says your brother indicates he's willing to serve as the trustee and then take and uh have that document signed and have it notarized and then your brother should be able to use that to go and take over as the trustee of the trust, if there's real estate involved, you might actually record a document that is both a an affidavit of change of trustee and a declination to serve as trustee that would be would indicate that mother's passed away, there's a death certificate attached. And that you, the person, are just declining to serve and the brother is agreeing to serve and is taking over as the trustee, all in one document that gets recorded so that it gives notice to the world that your mother has died, that you're not the trustee and that your brother's the trustee. This is not something that I would advise trying to do on your own, though, because the what goes into a document like that, that affidavit, needs to be pretty precise and it needs to to cover all the bases and it needs to be worded in such a way that it's very clear just what's going on. So for this person, I would advise them uh, seek the advice of legal counsel to help you prepare a document such as this in order to both decline to serve, have your brother take over as the trustee, and then also remove the parent's name from various accounts where the parent is likely the trustee right now. Okay. My father recently passed due to COVID without a will. As I understand it, California law is pretty clear about the division of assets here, but I need help to prove this. My father did not own real estate or hard assets of significant value, but he did own, but he owned 60% of a trademark that is somewhat high profile in the entertainment industry and still earns money to this day. This trademark was renewed last year, largely based upon the extensive history my father had with the trademark. The other owner is my uncle. Virtually all major works created under this trademark were created in the 1980s when my father was married to my mother. My father married his current wife in 1996, but this trademark dates back to 1972. My stepmother is now claiming the trademark as community property, but not through a lawyer. She's just telling my sister and I this and refusing to allow us to take part in protecting the trademark or even receiving any earnings. My estate lawyer did a good job of crushing her argument in a letter citing the California Probate Code, but it looks like I need to take concrete actions in court in order to force her to acknowledge our position. So we settled this. Not sure how this works. Well, here's the deal. Um, it sounds like um, these children probably want to file a petition for probate. Um, see, the thing is, if it was the father's separate property and there's two children under California law, if there's no will, it would be divided one-third to the stepmother, two-thirds to the the two children. If it's 60%, that means each of them would end up with 20% ownership interest in the trademark. That is something that would likely have to be done through court. And if they want to establish that at least the two of them own 40% of the total of the 60%, then that is what they would need to do. Okay, so we're coming up on the first break of the show today. And I want to let you know you can call in 800-516-1220 if you'd like to talk with me on the air. I'd love to hear from someone today. Uh, But barring that, I will continue after the break with more Plan Your Estate Radio. This is your host, estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. And I'll see you on the other side of the first break today.
0: This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220
2: KDOW. Hi, welcome back. I'm going to continue with more questions and comments from around the state of California. And uh, let's jump right in here. Um, Question out of Placerville. Can a California attorney change the trustee on an Arizona trust? So I guess this person created a trust in Arizona, presumably a revocable trust, and now they want to change the trustee. And I guess it sounds like they're in California now. Well, uh, I don't see any reason why that couldn't be the case. Uh, uh, If all we're doing is doing um, something like an amendment to the trust to change the trustee, that is not a substantive change to the trust itself. So I don't think that that would really be an issue. And I think uh, uh, I would certainly do something like that as an attorney because I am—I uh, um, might have the person sign a waiver um, acknowledging that I'm not reviewing the trust document to see whether it is uh, appropriate or up-to-date or is going to accomplish what the person needs to accomplish. I'm just doing a purely administrative act I think someone could even probably do that on on their own um, by just writing up that they want to change the trustee, uh, remove the one that's there and put in a new trustee and date it and sign it and have that document notarized. Um, That's not a major change to a trust, just changing the trustee. Okay, uh, how do I set up a living trust if I'm separated, not divorced, And I have two daughters, 20 and 17 years old. Okay. So this person says they've been legally separated for several years, not officially divorced, have joint custody of their daughters. Now the daughter is 20. There's no custody anymore. That daughter is an adult. Uh, The 17-year-old is still a minor, but sounds like will be turning 18 within a year. Um. So um, this person says, my home, I own a home I live in and I pay the mortgage for. It's in both names. The the deed is in both names, me and my ex-spouse, even though the mortgage is under my name only. I also pay my ex-spouse support every month under the original separation agreement, which has been ongoing for several years, probably paying more than I need to, but have not changed anything. My ex-spouse does not work. It has not contributed anything to supporting our family for quite some time. I pay for everything. I need to set up a living trust. I'm not sure how to proceed being separated and not divorced. My current beneficiaries through work include my ex-spouse and daughters. They're still listed as dependents for work benefits. I have 401k funds and quite a bit of equity in my home. I want to set up a living trust as soon as possible. Well, the first question I would ask this person is, is there some reason why you are still just legally separated and not actually divorced? Number two, is there some reason why you did not work out between you as part of the separation, um, changing this house So that it is just in your name instead of still in both names. That really complicates things a lot. If you're separated, uh, you could certainly do a a trust. You could certainly put into that trust anything that's just in your name alone that you have acquired uh, since the separation. If it's a formal legal separation, that means it's been filed with the court and you are separate um, separate taxpayers and separate financial households from that point on. But having a property that's jointly owned, that really complicates things. Um, because this person is still your spouse, you may not be able to redirect your 401k plan uh, just to your, your children, for example. Um, this is primarily a family law question or has family law implications and I don't pretend to be an expert on family law. However, I I know this person can at least do estate planning for their property, their share of property, certainly their share of the house and um, I'd need need more information about what the actual title says on the house just saying both names are on the title doesn't answer the question of how they're on the title, because that could have major implications for this person should he pass away before his ex-spouse. In any event, um, that's kind of uh, kind of my my brief explanation of that right there. Okay, my uncle named me successor trustee of his trust. And my sister's named the second successor trustee. My uncle just died. I don't want to be the successor trustee. I live in a different state. Should I send a letter to my sister and my nieces, the beneficiaries, declining to be the successor trustee? Do I have to appoint someone else? Well, only if you're given the power to do that by the trust. What if my sister wants to decline also? When my uncle appointed us as successor trustees, his daughters were young. They're now both in their early thirties. They were in the process of updating his trust and naming them as successors, but he died before it got updated. Well, I would say if you don't want to be the trustee, yes, uh, send a letter to your sister and your nieces and say, you decline to be the successor trustee. Uh, if the sister also does the same thing, sends it to the nieces, it will be up to the nieces to petition the court This is Pittsburgh, so it looks like Contra Costa County, to petition the court there in Martinez to, uh, to actually appoint one or both of them as successor trustees of the trust so they can complete the administration of their father's trust and then do the ultimate distribution of the property as directed in the trust. So unless there are provisions in the trust that give the ability for the beneficiaries to appoint a successor, if there's no successor willing to serve, Or some other terms, these are the kinds of things I put into the trusts that I draft. I make sure that there's alternate ways of having a trustee appointed without having to go to court, which should always be the last resort, or I'll say the court of last resort. Apologize for that one. Um, But they're probably going to have to go to court. Um, They may be able to do it ex parte in Contra Costa County. That means no formal hearing. Um, But they can file a petition, just have it heard by the court. It can be heard fairly quickly, and then they can be appointed, one or both of them, as successor trustees to take over their father's trust and do the administration of the trust going forward. This is something where um, I could certainly assist them with that if they needed that. I could assist others out there in uh, most of the Bay Area counties, in San Mateo, Santa Clara, Um, Alameda and Contra Costa because Contra Costa, I practice in all those counties. So we're coming up on the bottom of the hour today. And when I come back, I'll continue with more questions and comments from around the state of California. This is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio, and I will talk with you after the mid-show break.
0: Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman.
2: Hi, welcome back. We're going to continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio with questions and comments from around the state of California. Okay. um, All right, so uh, let's see, I'll set that one to one side. take a look at these okay someone wants to know if i only have one child and about a hundred thousand dollars in the bank and my son's already on those accounts don't own any property other than a vehicle do i need a will well i would say that even though you don't have a uh uh, an estate that would be subject to probate i would recommend still at least making a simple will that says you intend everything to go to your son. And then you can also put in there where it's to go if your son happens to die at the same time that you do or dies before you. Uh, That would be the reason to, to do a will. It doesn't have to be super complicated. You could probably use the statutory will form that the state of California has created. You can find it by searching the website of the State Bar Of California that's calbar.ca I think it's dot uh, calbar.ca.org now I think is what it is Uh, you can go and search there and you will be able to find that information there Um, so at least a simple will and while you're at it do a statutory form power of attorney and statutory form advanced health care directive those are documents that everybody should have Everybody should have documents like that um, so that they have someone who can handle financial matters for them and can handle health care decisions for them if that becomes necessary. Okay. So, um, what should I do if my fellow joint tenant, my elderly mother, has been recently diagnosed and is now mentally incapacitated? I've been her sole caretaker um, I managed her finances, handled her medical care, personally paid thousands of dollars for the upkeep and maintenance of our home. Um, mom and I are joint tenants with the right of survivorship and joint owners of a checking account. Uh, mom was diagnosed with dementia and schizophrenic psychosis, uh, it was advised she go into a nursing home. But before choosing a home for mom, I reached out to my siblings to ask if one of them wished to take care of her instead. Without warning, my oldest brother suddenly showed up at the rehab facility to sign her out. He took her home with him and immediately began trying to gain control of our joint bank account and our home. He's already gained control of our joint account. Not sure how he did that. Is now trying to make moves against our home. He's trying to force me to move and sell the home, which would give him control of mom's half of the proceeds. But I'm still living here and cannot afford to move. How do I protect my rights as a joint tenant? Well, here's the deal. Your rights as a joint tenant are that right now you own half that house. You would own 100% of the house if your mother were to pass away. If, however, the property gets sold, then that means the proceeds would be divided between you and your mother. If if the older brother has now obtained control of the uh, the mother's finances by being appointed as conservator or if he somehow has a financial power of attorney um, that may have been obtained after the mother was legally incapable of signing anything, uh, elder financial abuse might very well be there. Uh, if he has actual proper legal authority to handle the mother's affairs, he can basically insist that the property be sold for her half of the value of it, so that it can be used for her care. Um, the if the brother, who's the other joint tenant, refuses, then the older brother who swooped in there could go to court for a partition action, which is basically a court action to have property that is jointly owned in some way uh, sold. And the proceeds divided between the owners according to their respective ownership interests um, that appear. So that is something that uh, could very well happen in this situation. Um, There is no real way to prevent that. If the brother that took over the mother actually has proper legal authority to represent her, um, he can insist that that property be sold. And there's not really much that can be done to prevent that. Okay, out of Simi Valley, California. Uh, My father's battling lung cancer, doesn't have much longer to live. However, he only has half of his will done and no living trust and owes back child support. My question is, what happens if he passes away with only half his will done and no living trust done? Who will get his assets? He's not married And I have one older sister. Well, the short answer is, if he doesn't have any will done or living trust done, everything passes by intestate succession. Uh, It sounds like there are two children uh, after back child support is paid because that would be a debt against his estate. And it sounds like it's probably owed to his ex-spouse. Uh, maybe monies that were supposed to be paid to her uh, in order to take care of these two children. Um, maybe the ex-spouse would be willing to waive that claim if everything's going to the two children. I would hope that would be the case. But it will pass to this person and and, uh, and the older sister by intestate succession. However, um, given... Uh, if he has sufficient assets, like a house, or more than a hundred and sixty-six thousand two hundred fifty dollars worth of assets, they'll have to go through the probate court to accomplish this. And that's um, that could be a real uh, real bummer here. Okay, father's ninety-four years old, just passed away. His house is in a trust with five of my siblings and myself as beneficiaries. I was the sole caregiver living with my father for 18 years. Can my family force me out because they believe I have no right to stay now that our father has passed away? Well, first of all, right now, even though you will be one of the beneficiaries, you don't have an interest in the property yet because it sounds like the property is still in a trust. If everybody wants to sell the property to cash out, there's really no way you're going to be able to prevent that happening uh, because uh even though you live there uh you are not on the title the trust is on the title you're inheriting an interest in the property but uh if everybody says let's sell this um they'll be able to accomplish that and um they will um they they will um not really be able to stop that so There we go. There we go. Okay. Let's see. Side with. All right. Um, How does a single owner of a residential property transfer to co-ownership as a married couple? Okay. I have a very close friend who owns her house in Vista. We all retire together and own the property together. She has a mortgage on the property, and we want to equitably share the renovation of the property and co-own it. Eventually, the house would be our child. What would be the first steps to figure out the most fair way to go forward and protect all our rights and finances? So it sounds like this close friend is more than just a close friend. It sounds like this close friend is actually um, a parent of a child that is both of these people. Uh, First of all, if uh, this close friend adds the other close friend to the title, that's gonna trigger a reassessment of whatever percentage ownership interest shows up on the title. Um, This kind of situation really is probably going to take a consultation with a family lawyer to work out the the financial details between this couple and an estate planning attorney to perhaps draw up estate plans that are separate for each of them unless they plan to get married. If they get married, they would actually simplify things a great deal. But it sounds like for whatever reason, They're not married, and they do not want to get married. Uh, And so that is... is, That's that's going to be the issue for them, is sorting that all out. Okay. um, My mom died. Her live-in boyfriend, who was her caregiver, took her name off the deed and put his name on it. Wondered if that was legal. The house was left to my sister, and... He's allowed to stay in the house when he dies. Can he leave the house to his kid if he's allowed to stay in the house? Um, There's a lot more information that's needed here. It, uh, you know, someone can't just take somebody else's name off of the title to a property. It's going to require that person who's on the title signing something, transferring the interest to, um, to the other person or putting them on the title. So I'm not really even sure how to approach this one. It doesn't uh, make sense on the face of it. I would need more information. But still, um, if we're talking about someone who is not the spouse, uh, putting the name on the title would have, trans- or would have triggered a reassessment of the property taxes. Not really a good idea. And um, there's just not enough information to give a more complete answer. Okay, we're coming up on the uh, final break for the show today in about 20 seconds or so. You could still call in if you'd like, 800-516-1220. Otherwise, this is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, and I'll finish up the show after the final break. Talk.
0: Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning, trust, and probate law specialist, Attorney Bob Bergman.
2: Welcome back. I've been told I have a caller, Chris from Cupertino. Chris, are you there?
1: I'm, I'm here, Bob. Can you hear me?
2: Yes, I can. Loud and clear. Read okay, you five great, by five. great.
1: Okay, so this is kind of a tricky one. Uh, it's intertwined with uh, a landlord tenant, but I'm going to focus on the, try to focus on the, uh, uh the estate piece. Uh, quick backstory. Um, a friend of mine allowed me to, uh, occupy some of his, uh, space in this, uh, inherited family home of a uh, 5,500 square feet. Uh, I used that small space to work from, uh, while on travel, um, the, the, um, for about 4 months before i returned my friend passed away um and and so i've been going back and forth with the with the lawyers about accessing my property and even the landlord tenant aspect of being able to have some time to get my belongings and you know 30 days to vacate and all of that so so mm-hmm. on to the estate part so i know that my friend had a had an estate and he was the um he was the executor of his state where he was the sole beneficiary. Um, some, recently, a will, a will materialized, uh, allegedly from a person that he had been working with back in 2017 for a short time around some accounting matters that he was uh, hired her to do for him. And by the way, she, she did not actually uh, do the work. Uh, but she did get paid. So, so this newly materialized will, I'm told, um, has two elements of it, two sets of beneficiaries. One beneficiary I knew about, and he and I had discussed it over the years, so I knew that that was the beneficiary who would, um, uh, be the beneficiary of the property. Now, the second beneficiary, set of beneficiaries, turned out to be two family members. Now, those one, at least one of those members, he, he had some stories that he shared that were not uh, positive. So uh, I'm very skeptical of this, Will, and I've listened to your show, and I heard you say, I think it was last week even, uh, that if you're not one of the beneficiaries, you cannot access uh, instructions or papers, or there was some word that you used, that describes the, the, the sort of the machinations of the trust. You have to be a beneficiary to access information about that uh, trust. So that is, well, my question that is, is this, given that, given that I'm highly um, skeptical of the will and that I am, I am familiar with specific details, uh, given that I lived with my friend for the last four years what would be my way of raising uh, possible fraud with this uh, will to the probate court?
2: Well, I guess the short the short answer is, um, I don't know that you have a way of doing that because uh, you literally, uh, well, not literally, but you don't have a dog in the fight um you're not um you're not the anticipated heir who who had his inheritance cut out by some new will um you're not a relative uh who would otherwise inherit if there was no will meaning inherit by intestate succession um if there are other uh relatives of this person that you are aware where your friend had said he's going to leave things to those people. They would be the people to contact and tell them what your concerns are or your skepticism. But it would be up to them to challenge things in some way, mm-hmm. um, because you really, you you would not have what they call in legal terms standing, meaning no legal basis for you to go into court and complain, uh, because you have no interest in the outcome. I mean, how old old was your friend? How old was your friend?
1: Oh, uh, 68. 68, okay.
2: We have a couple minutes left, so let me just pass on some things. If you have a a reasonable belief or a belief that in in some way he was being taken advantage of by this person who induced him to to do this will— is this person you're talking about, are they receiving anything by this will? No,
1: they're not receiving anything, but this person is connected to a chain of individuals that wound up uh, financially abuse abusing my friend.
2: Okay, well, then what we what you may be looking at here is elder financial abuse. And it may very well be that part of it was this will he may have been threatened or induced to do this especially if you were not around when this took place uh we got about a minute left so i need to kind of wrap this up um if you have concerns since it sounds like you're in my county santa clara county you might want to contact the district attorney's office um the adult protective services um elder financial abuse uh division of the da's office Express to them your concerns, what your suspicions are, and then leave it up to them to pursue it if they think there's something to pursue or investigate. There's really nothing you can do um, uh, going to court or otherwise to, quote, bring it to the attention of the judge. The judge is not going to listen to you because you're not not a, a proper party to any kind of proceeding. Okay, so I need to wrap it up for today. Thanks for calling in, Chris. This kind of stuff does happen more frequently than people realize. All right, everyone, that's it for today. Until next week, this is Attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio. You Have a great Plan weekend. Your estate Radio
0: with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman.